welcome to Your Career Podcast. If you're looking for inspiration in your career or job search, you're at the right place. I'm Jane Jackson, your career management coach and author of Navigating Career Crossroads. For more career advice and support, go to janejacksoncoach.com and find all you need to create the career of your dreams. Well, hello. I'm here with the wonderful Kevin D. Turner, who is the Managing Director of TNT Brand Strategist. And I'd love to say hello, Kevin. Jane, hello. It's, it's been a long time, it feels like, right? <laughs> LinkedIn time, long LinkedIn time. Absolutely. And remember back in episode 216 of Your Career Podcast, that's when I first interviewed you, when I first met you, and we were sharing your fascinating career journey. So if anyone wants to find out all about how Kevin became the TNT brand strategist and all-round LinkedIn guru, then um, here's a let me just give you this link where you can check out episode uh, 216 of your career podcast. Now, today's all about the amazing LinkedIn features for job seekers. And there are so many new features that job seekers can use that will really help to enhance their career. But also, there are many older features that are so little known that many people don't know about them. And Kevin and I are going to talk about those today. And before I kick us off, Kevin, is there anything you would like to say before we begin? Just that I'm really excited to be here. I love sharing features from LinkedIn. There's so much going on here. And I look at that. We've both been on here a long time. I've been on since 2005. I wouldn't want to be jumping into LinkedIn right now and trying to figure it out because you know, they've been rolling out hundreds of new LinkedIn features a year the last couple of years. It's amazing. So hopefully we can help and, you know, bring people into the fold on what's really important and what's not, what's really going to help them get their job done. So that's, that's always exciting to me. Mm, I'm excited too. And, you know, I also joined LinkedIn in 2005. I can't believe it's been so many years. Gosh, 18 18 years on LinkedIn. It's it's like it's been a blink of an eye, hasn't it? But it's May May they do their 20th anniversary. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. And, you know, it, it seems so simple in the old days, but people used to think of it really as a, a resume depository, which it is not, mm-hmm. because it's a professional networking platform. And over the years, now that we've got over 800 million members globally, it's it's just such a good place to be if you want to build your brand, if you want to look for a job, if you want to build your business as well, or just keep in touch with colleagues and former colleagues and also discover interesting people on this platform that you can connect with, such as I found Kevin on LinkedIn as I was following him for a while, just to let you all know. And I was thinking, gosh, he's such an interesting man, so knowledgeable, I need to reach out. And here we are many years later still in touch and um, sharing ideas and collaborating. So I'm really pleased that that we're connected, uh, Kevin. And so should we launch into the fascinating features for job seekers now? Absolutely. 
<laughs> okay, wonderful. Now, while we're speaking, if you're if you're watching wherever you're watching from, and if you want to say hello, whether you're watching the replay or you're watching us live, feel free to pop in the comments. You know where you're from, and if you've got any specific LinkedIn questions for Kevin or for myself, um, and we'd love to be able to um, assist you once we've finished talking about all these amazing features. So, how about just to kick us off? I have four favorite features that I love to tell my clients about when it comes to looking for a job. And most people don't even use them. So I don't know if they're the same favorite features that you've got, Kevin, but these are the ones that I really love. One is, and it's been around for quite a long time, the voice pronunciation feature. 10 seconds of your voice so that people can actually pronounce your name correctly. But you know what I did, and you've done it too, Kevin, is I thought, well, to say Jane Jackson is so quick, it only takes a second. (laughs) I've got nine more seconds. And so I decided to use it for a little bit of branding. So if you have a look on my profile and you click the sound icon, you'll hear what I have to say. And if you like my voice, then listen. If you don't like my voice, then don't bother. (laughs) Okay. What do you think of the voice pronunciation feature, Kevin? You know, I find it an extremely useful tool, not only for ourselves in our presentation, but when you're reaching out to people. Mm. There's nothing more embarrassing than talking to someone and calling them the wrong name, right? And we're in a global world. Some of these names we're not familiar with. Accents we may not be familiar with. Um, I didn't realize in Australia I'm actually Kievan. Most of the time. (laughs) Even. Oh, I've never called you (laughs) Keevan. You know, but that's that's a big piece of it. And so I love pronunciation. I anytime I see it on somebody's profile, it's one of the first things I click because I want to hear what they sound like. I want to hear their voice. And that gives connectivity really quick. Mm. You know, but that's that's a big piece of it. So I love I have I have a little sound coming from my phone which i need to stop (laughs) yeah so the linkedin voice pronunciation feature if you're a job seeker and you want to brand yourself definitely record your voice you need to use your phone in order to do it so do the editing on the phone and um add a little bit of depth to your profile yeah the other one that i really like and i know you love kevin and you use it so well, is the profile video because LinkedIn give you the 30 seconds. And during those 30 seconds, you can record yourself. Again, use your phone to do it and upload it via your phone. But in 30 seconds, you can say so much about yourself, your area of expertise, what really drives you and really let your personality come through. Have you found it quite easy to, to upload your profile video and talk about what you do? Well, you know, it, it's funny. I got to cheat on mine a little bit. And that was, I did a podcast with uh, Jillian Whitney. And she grabbed a segment out of Mm -hmm. the podcast and said, I made you a profile video. I got rid of the one I had because she is so good (laughs) at video, right? And it's fantastic and I've kept it. But I love profile videos for the same reason I love pronunciation. It gives you an opportunity to go from this flat picture, right? And all this text into really feeling like you're, communicating with an individual you're getting to know them and so a lot of opportunity there and what people don't realize is you don't have to produce a video if you've been in conversations like this uh, there's probably a clip that you can grab and create your profile video with now the other thing i love about profile video anytime somebody does a search 
for somebody, right? They're looking for somebody with these skills and they're looking for someone to fill this particular position. When those results come up, the ones with profile videos have that little purple glow around them. It's pretty mm. attractive, right? Mm. So they're the ones that usually will get clicked and they'll go to those profiles first because that's attractive. It's a different look to all the other results. And so I think that helps. And then anytime, you know, a recruiters trying to figure out, are you a connection? That's a big plus. If they can yeah. see you're doing that, it shows that you're tech savvy, right? That's a good thing. Uh, it shows that you kind of embrace social media. And again, it shows your personality. And one of the things I love about it is people talk about ageism, right? I'm a little older. Well, if in my still picture, I might look a lot older, right? But in my video, they're going to be going, this guy doesn't have energy problems. <laughs> and technology. Those are the two things they always say about old people. We have no energy and we don't know anything about technology. You could overcome that in one quick little video. Yeah, that's such a great point because people make assumptions about people based on their age or how old they assume they are. But to be quite honest, I, I reckon the baby boomer generation are so curious about technology and learning new things as well that they've got so so much to offer. And I'm I'm a baby boomer and proud of it as well. You know, there's something else that I really like about the uh, the profile video feature is that when you land on someone's profile, it alerts you not only with that purple um, line around yeah. your photo, but you get three seconds of just a, a, a soundless audio that alerts you to, oh, there's a video here. Let me click it. Because a lot of people might not, might not even realize. Yeah. They called it the Harry Potter effect. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? That I actually <laughs> saw the Harry Potter movie where they walked past the picture. Mm -hmm. And people yeah. were moving the pictures. Yeah. And they thought that's a way to catch someone's attention. And yeah. that was actually that's what they that? called the term. Yeah. Mm, the Harry Potter effect. I didn't yeah. know. I'm gonna I'm gonna use that, Kevin. I'm taking that thing. It's memorable, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it tells you who's coding this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's Potter. it's really clever. So the voice pronunciation feature, great for branding. Your profile video, great for branding. Another feature that is my very, very favorite that's been around actually for quite a number of years is the job interview prep feature which you can access if you click on jobs, the jobs tab, and look over on the left. Then it says job interview prep. And now with this AI that everyone is embracing, well, most people are embracing if they're not afraid of it, it, it actually is such a great way to practice your interview technique, have yourself recorded directly on the LinkedIn platform, and then you get instant AI feedback on how fast you're talking, whether you're modulating your tone, whether you've used any rude words or not, yeah. <laughs> things oh, like yeah. that. And it's fantastic getting the, getting that feedback. And then you can just click send to one of your connections or to your coach and say, hey, can you critique my response? It's, it's very, very clever, and I find it yeah. really powerful. And when you finish, it's there. You can actually go back and watch your answers again. So if you're prepping, right, instead of having to redo that answer, you can actually go back and watch yourself in that answer, even maybe record it again and improve, right? But the other thing I think is wonderful about it is many of us now, when we go in for a first interview, it's not by phone, mm. right? By video. And often on the other side, they have AI programs like this running 
that are doing the same thing. Are, are you using filler words, right? Did you say anything inappropriate? Uh, you know, what was the tone like? Uh, you know, all those things are being looked at on the other side. So it's kind of neat. It kind of uh, destroys the fear when you know what it is, right? So you practice, you look at it and go, that's kind of cool. That's what they're seeing. I'm not worried about that because I know now know how to perfect it. And so mm. I think that is one of the greatest things to do. They always say practice makes perfect. I think just practice makes you less afraid. <laughs> right? yeah. Yeah, that's right. When you're less afraid and you're going into an interview, you're going to do better. Yeah. Right? What do you think it is? Yeah. What do you think it is, Kevin, that makes people so afraid of being on camera? I don't know. I, I, I personally not had the issue. I probably have the other issue. I have to be on camera. No. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> I, you know, I, I can, I, I can understand it. And, it. and it is because we don't really like to see ourselves, you know, in that sense, we don't like to hear ourselves. We're like, does my voice really sound like that? You know, do I really do that? You know, do I really tug my ear like 12 times during the interview? <laughs> you know, we get real critical of ourselves. And I think that's why we don't want to do video. But again, the more we do it, the more comfortable we come with it, the more natural we become. And that has a huge impact on the other side when they're looking at you and they're going, wow, you know, very comfortable, very uh, at home with us, would definitely fit into our culture. You know, those are the kind of things that come across when you do practice. Mm. You, you know, it was interesting. I'll just tell you a very quick story that I thought was quite interesting. In the early 2000s, when I first started coaching, and I've been coaching for 22 years now, I had in the office set up a camera, an actual video camera, and I would do interview practice with my clients. And I had this one client who was such a lovely lady, but every time I clicked record, when she would respond, and she was Australian, and I was in Sydney at the time, she would suddenly start to speak with the Queen's English. And she became very, very posh <laughs> and, and a little bit poncy. And I'm saying, what are you doing? What are you doing? And she goes, what do you mean? I said, you suddenly, your accent has changed and you've become a little oh. bit pretentious sounding. She goes, no, I haven't. And I played it back to her. She goes, oh my goodness, I sound like the Queen. This is amazing. <laughs> well, I think you need to stop it. So so get, being on video helps you to critique yourself too. So it's quite It does. And you wouldn't notice that if... if you hadn't shared, right? And that's that <laughs> nice thing about shooting those videos and being yeah. able to share them through LinkedIn. And you can share them with your most critical friends or, mm -hmm. or coaches or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And they might give you that same feedback. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't sound like you naturally, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. When we get nervous, we don't realize that our communication uh, oh, yeah. style sometimes changes. Okay. So now the fourth, the fourth of my favorite uh, features is the one where you can go to a company business page and alert them that you are interested in working there, even if they don't have an advertised role that's suitable for you. Now, I didn't have this. Kevin, you got this last month, didn't you? And I was waiting and waiting and waiting, and I didn't have it for a long time. But as we were speaking before we started recording, you said, go to the About section of the company page, click it, and lo and behold, I do have it. So you can go to the company page, let them know I'm interested. And if you can't find it or you think you don't have it, Kevin's little tip of clicking the about section. I didn't even know about that, Kevin. So thank you so much. Tell me more about this I'm interested feature. You know, I think, it, I think it's incredible because if you've created that 
target list of companies you want to work for. And you should have that, right? You should know who that is, what cultures are going to fit, what industries are you comfortable with, who's in your market, right? You should, you should have already built that list, but sometimes you build the list and there's no opportunity. Well, this is that chance to get in front of the recruiters, of the decision makers, and let them know when you're working on that next position, right? I'm interested. And I think that is incredible. Um, and now there's one step that is very similar that has come up, and that is when you apply on LinkedIn, let's say you have a, a, a kind of a basic profile or you've removed your proof metrics, right? Because you're worried your company says, well, you can't talk about how many you know you sold or you can't talk about what kind of savings you created for us. Well, that's your good stuff right? That's always going to be in that resume. That's a controlled document, right? It doesn't sit on the public eye, so it can't cause the, the company any trouble. Now, when you apply with a resume, watch after the application. It's going to give you the option of share my resume content with all recruiters. So uh-huh. every recruiter on LinkedIn can then see your resume content but it won't be posted anywhere on LinkedIn for the public. So you can get those proof metrics in. You can have that recruiter from that I'm interested, right? Because you applied with a resume that now has some more detail to it. They're going to look at that. They're going to see that resume. They're going to say, ah, got all the right proof in there. You know, they went above and beyond, you know, what their job required. That's kind of a nice little dovetail into those two pieces. And you don't really think about, a lot of things that are designed on LinkedIn are designed to kind of fit together and to build the database so that you can be found more easy. And so those those two features actually kind of uh, connect in that process. Wow, I, I had no idea about that. So when, when a job seeker applies to a company and they've uploaded the resume, they have the option to let uh, all other recruiters... Share, all, share with all recruiters. Uh-huh. So wow. And that happens automatically? That uh, it, it will give them the option automatically, but you mm-hmm. have to check it, right? Mm-hmm. Because you are sharing your information. There's mm-hmm. a little less control, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's going to be all recruiters. Now, it won't be recruiters of your current company. So if you're at a company Thank that goodness. has recruiters, they're not going to get a copy of it. <laughs> all right? So that's the nice part. Uh, mm-hmm. LinkedIn does its best to make sure that uh, your company's recruiters don't get access to this kind of information. Even if you put that, you know, open to work banner and those kind of things mm-hmm. and you put recruiter only, it doesn't go to your company recruiters. So mm-hmm. they're trying to protect you as well as make things very good for their recruiters. And that's one of their biggest customers on LinkedIn. Yeah. Ah, well, there you go. That's that's a really interesting tip because uh, you're absolutely right. So many people don't want to put the metrics, you know, like the dollar figures, percentage improvements um, onto their LinkedIn profile. And some of that information could be privileged information too. So it's much better to have it in a resume that confidentially goes out rather than broadcasting it. um, It's one of those decisions you have to make, right? As long as it does not give up anything that wasn't, you know, publicly available, right? Mm-hmm. If they didn't publish a sales number and you said I was 80% of the sales work and I did this amount, right? Somebody could do the math. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. But if you just said I did this amount, 
that's completely different, right? That's not going to jeopardize the company itself. So yeah. you just have to make sure whenever you put a number in there that it's not something that's going to tell something that the company doesn't want to see. Yeah. I default mm-hmm. putting more numbers than, than less. Yeah, so that's that's a fantastic feature. So that's the share resume feature. What are other little known features that people are not using simply because they're not aware? You know, I think the biggest one, and and you you think about LinkedIn as as a database, right? Mm. We are going to be in no time. We'll have a billion people on this platform in no time. It's growing that fast. LinkedIn, because we are one in a billion, almost right. LinkedIn works everything in kind of database form. So within LinkedIn, there is things that are called market value filters. If you use a market value filter, LinkedIn knows how to find you and how to understand you. You think about it, if you're running the the Library of Congress, right, with, with what, 450 million books or whatever it is, and you're using the Dewey Decimal System, if you allowed anybody to make whatever number up they wanted to, and put it in the library, you'd never find the book again. Hmm. That's what's happening when we avoid these market value filters. Now, market value filters appear anywhere on LinkedIn when you're typing and you notice a drop-down box appear. What is in the drop-down box is the market value filter. One of the easiest ones to think about is title. We learned this many years ago. I did the, uh, the transition to a large uh, internet search company, uh, the head of their HR department, couldn't figure out why nobody could find them on LinkedIn. And it was because their title was Cloud9 Navigator. Internet company, makes sense, right? Everybody knows what a Cloud9 Navigator is. Well, it's actually a chief human resource officer. We changed that to that market value title, which was in the dropdown box, Cloud9 Navigator was not. They were picked up off LinkedIn within two weeks to their dream opportunity. So other areas that their market value titles, industry, location, right? Um, skills, don't make up your own skill. Use the skill that pops up into the dropdown box. You could write P and A, but they want P with the sign and in an A, right? So use what they're using if you wanna be found. And that's one of the biggest I think hidden features within LinkedIn is people figure, I just do whatever I want to do. Almost 85% of the time, when I look at somebody's profile and I'm in a review, one of these market value titles that blow them up the most, if they have a college degree or if they have certification, they didn't take it from the drop-down box, right? So maybe they put at their college degree, they put BA or they put bachelor's. That's not a degree. You have to go in and you select the one that drops down. It would be like Bachelor of Arts dash BA. That's what LinkedIn and the university agreed that they issued. If you're not picking it, you're great at it, right? And therefore, you spend all that time and money developing that education, but you're not getting credit for it. Same thing with certificates. If you don't use the market value filter, you're not going to get credit for the certificate. So to me, that's about that hidden feature of respecting LinkedIn as a database. And I will tell you, and this is kind of associated with the education. If you do not put your dates on your education, you will not be in any recruiter search. 
that can be a problem. People will remove their date because they figure without a date, they won't know how old I am. Well, they'll figure it out, right? If they've got an ageism problem with you, it's not going to change if you if you fake it and get to the interview and they go, oh, that's you. You're not going to get past it, right? You're just going to spend a lot of time, burn a lot of energy, put that date in there because if you don't, you're not in any recruiter searches because the number one thing people fib about in resumes, on LinkedIn, any of that stuff is education, right? The only way to verify education, I have to have your name, college, degree, and dates. If I don't have that, I can't verify it. Therefore, you don't have it. So if you don't offer it to me, I'm not going to accept you in my search results. Wow. Now so. that is a game changer because so many people don't put the dates because oh, yeah. of that that, that yeah. very fear. And so that means that qualification won't show up at all if there's no date. Yeah. So if they require, mm. you know, a bachelor's degree or an associate or an MBA, prefer MBA, mm. you're mm. not in there. Mm. Or if they prefer, you know, you, you have to be Microsoft certified, right? Because you don't do it within that drop-down filter, you're not going to get credit. You don't have the date on it. They're not going to give you credit. You won't be in those search results at all. So. What about people who have certifications and the certification was valid, but then it's expired? So if they don't click current, then that won't show up either? Um, depending on the certification, because there's mm. some certifications you can get, they never have an expiration date, right? Others like uh, CPR. If I took BLS, CPR, I have that for a year and a half, I think maybe two years. When that ends, they're not going to look at that as giving, they're not going to give me credit for it if it's end, right? Mm. So mm. if it end dated, you either have to get recertified for it to count, you know, so you got you to put your dates in there as well. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a really valuable point because many people don't realize that. And also, so with the job title then, you know how you can put your job title and then you can put other descriptive words into your job title as well? Yes. So that it's searchable. So if you're going to use the drop-down menu option, then you can only choose one option. Is that right? Right. If you add yeah. to it, mm. you're now outside of the filter. So mm. there's two debates about that. If, if it's mm. more important to be found on Google, then put a whole line of keywords there, right? Mm. And you'll probably get found for Google on there. But you'd get found by Google if those keywords were anywhere else on your profile as well. Mm. If you want to be found in LinkedIn for a specific title, and that's how recruiters search, then that's what you want to use. And you think about it, if you're running a grocery store and I sent you product, right? and you couldn't figure out its category. It didn't make any sense. It's not gonna get end cap, it's not, not gonna get eye level. It's gonna go on the shelf back by the bathroom, right? That's dusty, <laughs> dirty, dented cans. That's the shelf it's gonna go on because I can't put it in a category. When we mm. make up our own titles, and sometimes companies make them up for us, I think sometimes they assign the most ridiculous titles so they can obfuscate you so nobody can find you, right? <laughs> So the other companies can't steal you away. If I call you something ridiculous, you know, lead something, something, you know, they're never going to find you. And then you're safe. You'll always be with me, your favorite company, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you don't have to do that. But now, if you were at a current company, right, right, and your title was that Cloud9 Navigator, 
but you're really chief human resource officer. Put that in the title, chief human resource officer, and in the description of your job, internally known as the Cloud9 Navigator. Everything is truthful. If they call that company to verify and they say, do you have a chief human resource officer also known as the Cloud9 Navigator? The answer is going to be yes, right? So it's honest, it's straightforward. You're not telling any mistruths. You got to pick that actual title that works. Now, this kind of leads me to, I guess, one of my favorite other, I, I think, kind of hidden features, and that's called Career Explorer. Mm, that's a good one. Oh, yeah. And it's it's hidden. It's on LinkedIn's GitHub, right? Most mm-hmm. people don't know what GitHub is. Most people don't care to know what GitHub is, but that's where they put all their skunk work stuff. All the stuff that's not supposed to really exist exists on their GitHub area. And uh, this Career Explorer, what it allows you to do is you put a title in that you want to apply to, right? Underneath that title, it will give you the common skills that other people within LinkedIn who have that title have, right? So you could start with, if you're trying to choose which market value title is right, is it this or that? If the skills match, pick the one that the skills match. It's an easy way to define what those market value titles are, right? Um, If you type anything in there that's not a market value title, it won't accept it, won't give you any skills. Another way to test market value titles. Uh, Well, what's really, really cool is it will then show you from your current title what titles you're most likely to make a transition to. So it'll give the popularity of the move and the ability to make that move. And then it's going to tell you what skills you currently have based on your profile, right? What they can see. So if you have it and they can't see it, that means you need to do a little better job making sure they do. Then it's going to show you the the skills that both jobs share, right? That you also have. And it's going to show you the skills that you need to work on to get that job. So if you're uh, noticing a, a gap over here, then you can go on to LinkedIn Learning, maybe take some coursework, that kind of stuff, figure it out, or write your content a little better so they know you have the skill, right? Sometimes that's the big issue, is just you didn't explain that you had it. So that's one of the things I love, uh, Career Explorer. It's a little clunky in its process. It's got a lot of uh, things flying back and forth on the UX when you're, when you're going through it. Just go all the way down until you see where it says location, that's where you begin to use the tool. And once you get there, it's easy. Just don't pay attention to their presentation above. It's confusing. I don't know why they did that. Um, that address is, believe it or not, it's linkedin.github, G-I-T-H-U-B dot I-O. That's a GitHub address, right? And then it's going to be forward slash career dash, middle of the line dash, explorer, Right. So linkedin.github.io slash forward slash career dash explorer. Use that one because not only is it going to teach you about market value titles, it's going to tell you what skills come with it. And then what is the likelihood of making a pivot to a different position? I think all of that's really cool. And LinkedIn has it there for you to use. It's free, whether you've got a free account, a premium account, doesn't matter. It's all there. So that's one of my favorites and people forget about it. It's been around like three years. 
Mm, yes, it has. More, right? I, I find it really helpful if people are feeling a little bit stuck as to what else can I do. And then when you go through it, it gives you ideas on, oh, okay, well, I hadn't thought about that. Why don't I have a look and see what skills I might have missing? And then when you do a skills gap analysis, you, you think, oh, well, if I just uh, got upskilled in this area, I could make this change yeah. in my career. So it's really handy. Or they and might I not even it, notice they have the skill, yeah. they put it on the profile, right? Well, yeah. So when they're applying, they're not getting enough credit because the skill isn't worked into the content of their resume or their LinkedIn. And so the person on the other side is assuming they don't have it. They just didn't do their content right. They didn't get their brand right. And mm -hmm. so it also identifies that as well. So I think there, there's so much information that comes out of there and it's fun to play with. Yeah, yeah. It is. It is a shame that every time I've gone through it, I remember the first time I landed on that page. I'm thinking, where is it? Because there's so much that you have to read through. So it's well, good. Don't, to don't read it. Just scroll down yeah. until you see location. <laughs> Skip this stuff at the top. This is a bunch of uh, young coding geeks, right? Trying to explain life. <laughs> Just skip it. Go right to location. Fill in your location. Then do your title. Everything else works. You'll figure it out. It's a really good visual. Once you're there, mm -hmm. but that top stuff, the three pages you scroll through, awful. You know, yeah, I think that's well, how they kept it hidden. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well, I think now that you know, everybody who's listening, the career explorer, that's well worthwhile. Okay, what else, Ke uh, Kevin? We're, we're on a good roll here yeah, with um, all the, the features, and they're all so handy. I love about this. If you think about, mm -hmm. you know, companies are pushing for hiring for skill, right? Yeah. And those skills that we all put at the bottom of our profile where everybody thought, oh, those are silly, right? LinkedIn has done a couple of things with skills. First of all, they, um, they're using that market value process, right? As you type mm -hmm. in the skill, take the drop-down box. That's going to get you better to where you need to be. The other thing is people can endorse your skill. Because if I say I've got you know, JavaScript, that's just me saying I got JavaScript. If you say I have it and a couple other people say I have it, that's a bigger group saying I have it, right? Mm -hmm. Then if people who are highly skilled at it say I have it, that's a multiplier, right? Yes. So when somebody on the recruiter side types in JavaScript, if I've got these things stacked up and I've got a score of like 150 and you've got a score of 12, they're going to see me at the top of the list, right? So get endorsements, especially by people who are highly skilled, pick the right skills. That's a big chunk of it. And they took it one step further. Last year, they added in skills assign, right? And that is where you can go into each position and you can assign skills. Now, they suggested only do five. Well, we're allowed to have 50 skills. Guess how many most people have assigned to each position? All 50. LinkedIn gave up because they really wanted us just to pick five. They gave up and then they found a new use for that information. And that is... Each job has a time frame, right? Three years here, five years there, two years here. Well, if each one of those I had JavaScript assigned to it, I now have nine years of JavaScript. That's a big piece of data for LinkedIn. So they said, you know what? Okay, we'll accept that now. We'll let you put whatever you want in there because now we're going to figure out years of experience. And you can see that on the recruiter screen. And then they said, but we still want your top five. And so they just added last week top skills 
And that is if you go into your about section and you go down towards the bottom of the about section, if you see a bunch of skills pop up, those are going to be your top skills. You can pick five. You can pick the ones either that LinkedIn says you have, right? That there's usually pretty good suggestions, right? Because they know that that's what also recruiters are looking for. So if those work for you, take them. If not, don't take that one and then just type it in the box. Take the drop down, the market value filter, and then set your five in motion. That's really big. So mm, you LinkedIn know? made a mistake, corrected it, turned it into gold like they mm -hmm. normally do. <laughs> so I love that. And that's, that's top skills now. Yeah. You know what's interesting is when you go down uh, someone's profile and you go to the skills section, then individuals are able to to change the order in which people yeah. see those skills and they only see the top three initially um but by default it's whoever's top, in, right? yeah whoever's endorsed you the most uh, for a certain skill the ones with the most endorsements automatically get popped up to the top mm -hmm. but the one that you're endorsed for the most might not be the skill that you want people to see first so you can change the order is that how it works under the experience section too now uh, no they put the order so once you pick it they will then put it in the order that they want to see it i don't know why i haven't been able to make sense of why it's that way it's not alphabetical or anything like that but they pick the order it's maybe their interpretation of importance right but they pick that order. You can't change it. You can take one out, put it back in. It'll go right back to where it was. So they're picking mm -hmm. the order. The one thing about the top three that I always tell people to do is rotate them, right? Because people visiting will give you your top three. They might mm -hmm. come back the next time and say, oh, I already gave you three. But if you have three new ones, when you move the other ones back down, right? You move the ones you want to have more endorsements on, you move those in. So rotate that. So you get more on all of your skills. And the other thing is, if you know 50, 100 people really well on LinkedIn, have a skills party, right? Send them an email. I'm going to give you every skill that you have posted that I know you have, right? If you have Cobalt, and I've never coded in Cobalt, I'm not going to select that because it makes me look like a dummy, right? So I'm not going to give you that, but I'm going to give you every one that I know you have, and I'm going to invite you to come back to my profile and give me everyone you know I have, right? It might not be even, but normally it usually is. The other thing is if you're trying to get endorsements up on a particular skill, maybe it's leadership. I, gotta, I just added that in. I got to get those scores up, right? If you go out and give leadership to people you know who have it, usually about 85% of them will come back and give it to you reciprocity, right? <laughs> Tap into it. <laughs> People who never give endorsements will give an endorsement when they find out you went to their profile and gave them one. And they're like, oh yeah, I remember that. I'm going to go back and I'm going to give Jane leadership, right? And that really works out really well because you are ranked by those skills. You're ranked by the years you have it now. You're ranked by those top five and you're ranked by the endorsements because again, it's just me saying I have it. Now they have a way to rank it. So when they present it to a recruiter, they can say, this person's up here, this person's here, this person's here. They have a way to kind of give it a rank, give it a score so it makes sense on the other side. But you know what? The people who don't know about this, 
and they don't do anything about it, they're going to be at a disadvantage, even if they're highly skilled. So it doesn't feel fair. It's those who really know how to use LinkedIn will get an advantage. It's fair or not. If they're here Mm. watching this, Mm. they're smart. Yeah. It's not always fair. (laughs) (laughs) They're being smart. You can't say they're being fair. They didn't tell everybody else to come to this and listen, right? I always liken uh, a job search like being chased, you and your friend being chased by a bear, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to run faster than the bear. You just have to run faster than your friend, <laughs> right? That's what this is about, is getting every advantage you can mm. so that you can get farther forward. Yeah. And if you can share that with people, that's a great thing to do because givers always get, right? If you mm. help others, it will help you in the long run. So definitely share the info. But again, you're in a race not against the bear, it's against everybody else in that race. You want to have every advantage you can have. So I don't think it's unfair because if you're here getting the information and then you're going and putting it into action, that's extremely fair. And actually what it is, is if you're on LinkedIn, you want to be able to present your best self. And so if you're going to be on a platform, it's important to learn how to use the platform properly so that you do have that advantage. And if you're a job seeker, do you want a job or not? You've got to do the best you can in order to present yourself in the best light. So that's all part of the branding, isn't it? Absolutely. It's kind of like going to an interview without preparing. Yeah. It's not fair. (laughs) (laughs) because somebody else was smart enough to prepare right this is being prepared so exactly well i think everyone needs to learn how to use linkedin as effectively as possible and also because linkedin does have so many amazing new features to help job seekers i mean this is what this platform predominantly was created for initially now business to business is very big on linkedin too but for job seekers this is the place where you need to be and so with so many features that are embedded within LinkedIn that people don't know. It's so helpful to have you, Kevin D. Turner, okay, LinkedIn guru, um, to explain them all for us. So tell us some more, Kevin. What else are your favorites? There's another one that, that has just recently appeared. And, you know, AI is big. Mm. Microsoft, the owner of LinkedIn, owns, what, 49% of open AI, yep. right? So chat GTP, actually, I think they own part of chat GTP, not open AI, but they're bringing in more AI into LinkedIn. One of the things that just launched is AI powered. It's called enhance, but it's going to help you with your profile in writing your about section and writing a headline, right? Now I've already noticed that LinkedIn has figured out that AI can do a pretty good job but people are required to make it better, right? So these tools called Enhance that do the about section and the headline will not replace them immediately. It will tell you, you should read this, edit it, make it your own, and then use that, right? Because if you think about AI, AI can can look at your whole profile and can kind of pick up on the story but they can't put the personality into the story, right? They can't put those little bits and pieces that are you in there. So I always think of AI as a great muse, right? It can get your creativity flowing, 
but it shouldn't be a solution. And so this new feature, I think, is really cool, especially if you have nothing in the About section and you have, like, title at company, right, in your headline, then this is the, the, the first step. But then I want you to take that content that it develops and add your personality in there. Add those little components that make you human and make you you, right? And that's what you want to do. And I always look at, um, I have a term called personal blanding, right? That's where <laughs> you don't really say anything, but you say everything, right? Mm. And people do that. They figure I could throw every single thing in there and everybody's going to figure it out. Nobody does. They walk away, right? It's too long, didn't read, made no sense. So you got to get your branding right. So AI can help, but sometimes has a tendency to bland things. That's where you've got to step in and brand it, take out the bland. So I like this new tool, but I just caution people, you know, be careful with it. Really kind of uh, make it your own before you, before you accept it. Yeah, that's the thing with AI, because so many people are hopping on that GPT, chat GPT mm -hmm. bandwagon, thinking, oh, I don't need to have anybody help me with my copywriting anymore. But because unless it's changed now, the information that you can get is only up to 2021. Yeah. And so everything that's happened between 2021 and 2023, that's not there. So the latest methodology and technologies might be missed out if you're just relying on ChatGPT. It's probably very good for history, <laughs> but people do worry about it plagiarism. Be, and again, it might not, because mm. you think about history, right? Mm. Uh, ChatGTP was allowed to be loose on the internet. Mm. So it picked up its history wherever it thought it wanted to pick it up. Some sites don't always tell the truth, right? Some yeah, sites that's right. tell a different truth. Yeah. And what about one, propaganda? Well, that's the one mm. problem with AI mm. is AI doesn't know what truth is. It looks at things as facts, not truth. There's a big difference, you know. You could experience something and you could tell a story and that's your truth. I could experience the same thing, tell a story, and that's my truth. Those two truths may not factually fit because they're based on us, right? And so that's the the bigger issue about uh, any of these AI things. They're, they're not a good replacement for what you do, mm. but they can help you. So mm. I've seen them use AI to create um, cover letters to polish up their resume to match a job. So there's ways of using it, but you've always got to be really careful because sometimes it doesn't tell the truth to get to the end result. And mm. the whole coding behind AI is it is, they call it a chat, but it's really a debate. It wants to win the debate at all costs, right? So much so that things like chat GTP, BARD, the new Bing, they will actually make up a fact. They'll even actually make up resources, right? So they can document the resources that are not true. Because they make it up, they then believe what they made up. Not like people who lie too much, right? They start <laughs> believing their own lies. And it's called an hallucination. And it's really interesting because uh, I guess a week and a half ago, the new Bing that's actually powered by uh, Microsoft Chat GTP was arguing with the people who were giving it prompts that it was actually 2022 
and don't tell me I'm wrong <laughs> because I'm the new Bing and I know better than you. And it was arguing. It said it was 2022. It is not 2023. It is a slippery slope that we're going down. It is. So be really careful with this stuff. It is, it's fun to play with. It can actually generate stuff. I love it for creativity. I've been a, a user on uh, OpenAI since middle of last year. I've actually been on the OpenAI group before that, but I got to start trying um, uh, the, the chat GTP at that time too, middle of last year. And I love some things about it, hate some things about it. It's coming into more into LinkedIn. So we just need to be aware, right? That it's not perfect. You've got to take what it tells you and add your personality, make your truth in there mm -hmm. because otherwise it can really get you into trouble because it doesn't always tell the truth. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think when it comes to your about section and your headline, some people have writer's block and they don't know yes. where to begin. And so this feature could help you. But as soon as you see it there, don't take it as the end result because you need to inject your own personality and well, what yeah. you truly believe in there as well. The other thing I find interesting is it only generates five lines for the about section. We have 2,600 characters. Yeah, there's a lot of story we can tell in there. Right. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the stories are what makes everything tie together, what makes you interesting, make makes me want to know you, makes me want to hire mm -hmm. you. Those kind of things. You're not going to get it done in, the, in a small paragraph. Mm -hmm. That's when it gives up. Right. It's done enough. I'm done. So it's a good beginner's point. But just be aware you want to build that a little more. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, you know uh, about the about section. I have built into my about section a special filter because halfway down, if people are reading my about section, it actually tells them what to say when they want to connect with me. Mm -hmm. And I know if someone's just clicking connect, connect, connect because they don't say what they're supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then without a proper personalized invitation i never connect with anybody they can just follow me but i won't connect because if you're genuinely interested in anybody you read their information properly Absolutely. and if anyone yeah. reads my about section properly they'll know oh i better mention one of these three things right. otherwise she won't connect and um i i'm always amused at the number of requests to connect i get that I know they have not read my profile. So what's the point in connecting with someone who isn't interested enough to read about you? Hmm. So that that's also something that I think for job seekers is important. Be selective Absolutely. with regard to who you connect with. And, and personalize, always personalize. Mm -hmm. And they've now finally figured out on mobile, there's the option now on mobile, because everybody used mobile as my excuse. Oh, I sent the blank invite because... I didn't know how to do it on mobile. Now they've got two buttons. One is invite and the other one is personalize the invite. Now you know how, <laughs> right? So oh, Kevin, though, Kevin, I don't have that new feature yet. In Australia, I, I think in America, you get everything rolled out to you a little faster <laughs> than anywhere else in the world. You know, and, I would say five years ago, that would be mm -hmm. a truth. Mm -hmm. Now it's less of a truth because they're actually testing things in different markets. Mm -hmm which I think is the way it should be. When we had stories, remember stories? Yes. Which were like short. They didn't last long. <laughs> they tested them in Brazil, 
right, was one of the areas. And somewhere else in Europe, I can't remember where, they had weird test markets like that. So they are testing things in different areas. But that brings up a good point. Anytime somebody says, oh, here's the latest new LinkedIn feature, everybody should understand that LinkedIn can't just take a feature and give it to everybody because if there's any problems with it, the whole site would crash and it might be out for three or four days. So what LinkedIn does, it does a five-wave rollout. It is absolutely randomized, right? So they will pick markets, but if they said the global market, you could be in it and I might not be this time. Next time I might be in it and you might not be, right? So it's going to be completely randomized. Then it's going to be sized starting in a small wave and then it increases in size, right? There are five waves. The total rollout usually takes somewhere between 30 to 90 days if everything is going smooth, right? That allows them to test it on a small area. If it works and nothing breaks, great. If, if something breaks, we fix it. We get the next wave out. It's better, right? Sometimes it's not good to be the first. I've had first waves where the feature disappeared. Pin. I got to use pin for two and a half months, and then they took it away from me. Pinned comment. I was very I like that. I liked that feature. Oh, yeah. I, we, we got it in Australia, too, and it was one of my favorite features. I know. I wish I'd never had disappeared. it. Yeah. <laughs> that was a That was a, a rollout that just blew mm. up. Didn't mm. work for them. Mm. Same thing with Carousel, the new Carousel, yes. right? With the video and the sound and all that stuff. Mm. Very few people get it. Mm. And it's now, what, nine months into its rollout? So 30 to 90 days is an average. If you're looking for it, it's there. And sometimes, like we talked about earlier, sometimes it's not where we think it's going to be. So, like, I'm interested on the About tab. It sounded when they introduced it, it was going to be on the front page of the business page. You have to go to the About tab and scroll halfway down to find it, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes these things aren't quite what they say they're going to be when they announce them. Often when they announce them, they've already been out there, too. That's, that's another thing. Yeah, we've covered so many fabulous new features that will help job seekers. I just I just want to recap on some of them because um, we're almost coming up to time, but I could just listen to you all day, Kevin. So the voice pronunciation feature, job seeker, use it. Profile video, use it. The job interview prep with the AI analysis, use it. Company pages, show them that you're interested if you are indeed interested then the um the market value filter use that make sure you use the right keywords you can once you share your resume with a recruiter when you make an application it will you can op have the option to share it with other recruiters not the ones at your current company of course and then what else was there oh the career explorer yeah. in github so you can explore different options if you're feeling a little bit stuck using the skills and the drop down and adding it to all of your different uh, professional experience sections um, and then uh, using AI to enhance your headline and your about section. These are all really useful to help people use LinkedIn so much more effectively. So thank you so much for sharing them. And you know what? If you love what Kevin does, you must follow Kevin here on YouTube because he's got so many videos that will be so helpful. You'll find him Keep rocking LinkedIn. 
Okay. Have I spelled that all correctly there? Yes. Yep, <laughs> Good. You'll find find and follow Kevin on, on YouTube as well as, of course, on, on LinkedIn. And when you're on Kevin's profile on LinkedIn, click the bell so that you're notified every time he shares all this valuable content because he certainly keeps us all on our toes and up to speed with LinkedIn. While you're on YouTube, though, if you would like, you can also subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's Jane Career Coach, where I share lots of career advice and help you to gain career clarity and, you know, get unstuck if you're feeling stuck in your career. So one final thing I just want to share with you, if you need support in your career, then have a look at my career success program, okay, at the career thecareersacademy.online. But if you want any advice on the new LinkedIn features, Kevin D. Turner is up to speed. (laughs) Kevin is where I learn all these new features from because he discovers them from the wild. (laughs) And you, you have a pool of people who are so supportive as well. And if they discover something simply by accident, it's like, You're the first person who's noticed. And then we figure out what it is. (laughs) I always say, you know, if it wasn't for all these people with eagle eyes, right, and Mm -hmm. sharing hearts, I couldn't share all this information. And we've already, Mm -hmm. this year, had 65 new LinkedIn features this year. Mm -hmm. Last year, we had over 100. It's crazy. So they can be a competitive advantage if you know what they are and you know where to find them, right? Because sometimes, believe it or not, we're the first to get a rollout. We don't even know it until somebody tells us two months later and you're like, ah, I could have been using that this whole time, right? So it's good to keep up with them, know they're coming. And if you find something, I'll work with you to kind of discover it, package it all up. And I always give those people credit for doing mm-hmm. that. So they become permanent part of the article list. Um, they're always there. And I try to include them in the examples and everything else because can't do it all alone anymore. It's just yeah. too many too fast. Yeah, and I would highly recommend follow follow Kevin or request to connect. If you want to follow me, you can. If you want to connect, read my about section and find out what you need to mention. <laughs> okay, now we've got some comments here. Let me just have a look. There's um, Laura Lee Giffen from Yonkers and Christopher Guggins from Boston. Dan Roth is saying, hey, Kev, isn't it past hey. your bedtime? <laughs> Dan, <laughs> you are naughty. Um, <laughs> my wine time. yeah um or someone's saying it seems like it's replaying i'm not sure that's 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 very strange i mean we have been chatting for an hour um jesse scott yeah jesse scott says such great ideas um marcello says team live marcello says hello from atlanta georgia and thank you and um marcello's also roy Roy Kowalski. Oh, Roy's a lovely, Super lovely guy, man as yeah. well. So if if you're watching the replay and if you've got any questions at all, feel free to pop them in the comments because Kevin and I are very happy to respond. And so any parting words you'd like to give us, Kevin? I always say networking beats not working. <laughs> That's what LinkedIn's all about. Yeah. Reach out, embrace people, help people, comment, post share knowledge, get in audio rooms, get on lives. It's about networking. And again, networking always beats not working. Whether you're looking for a job or not, if you're always networking, the jobs will come to you, right? Absolutely right. One thing I I hope everybody learns in life, especially here on LinkedIn. 
Yeah, it's fantastic. And and I'm so fortunate to meet people like you, thanks to LinkedIn as well. So thank you so much for coming on to Your Career Podcast and this LinkedIn Live, Kevin. And um, you'll be able to, to listen to this very soon on iTunes, Spotify. You can see it on YouTube already if you want to watch the replay there or on LinkedIn. And anywhere where you listen to your favorite podcasts, you will find us. So enjoy Your Career Podcast. And Kevin, D. Turner, TNT brand specialist, <laughs> strategist. I thank you so much for your time. And I'm going to be ending the broadcast now. Thank you, Jane. Thanks for joining me today. For affordable career help, please check out my career success program. I provide a unique blend of online and live career coaching to help you take control of every aspect of your career or career change. If you aren't aware where you want to be in your career, let's talk. Check it out at thecareersacademy.online. The links are in my show notes.